This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector and Inspect It Like a Girl. I know it because she's lacing up her boots this morning. And licensed <laughs> contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Mississippi weather is always unpredictable, so be prepared with an emergency kit and the knowledge of what to do after a storm is uh, critical. You know, I mean, uh, today is that day, folks. So today we're going to talk about prepping your home for severe weather, hiring a contractor if you have any damage, and the best way to DIY after storm cleanup. And as always, we answer your general home improvement questions. Join the conversation with us this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. How are you guys doing this morning? Well, just awesome. jump in. I know, I know. She's still tying well, her shoes. I'm still, I'm still, still tying my shoes. <laughs> right. Well, I'm going to have to shoot out of here after the show to go inspect a house before we all get blown away. Right. So, you know, one of my new favorite things about being able to go to my safe place uh-huh. is with streaming video, I can keep up with what's going on on my TV, on my phone, when I'm in my safe place. Hey, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. What if the, the, the storm eats your Wi-Fi? Well, or knocks but, the power out. By that point, I know something's going to happen. That's true. <laughs> I just want to monitor it. I want to keep up with it. Because if you think about it, I think they've done some a better job with this. But yeah. when those sirens go off, mm-hmm. and I'm out in Madison County, I'm in the very southern part of Madison County. Right. But the alarm will go off if it's hitting up north of Gluckstadt. Right. But at that point, I don't need to really be worried I need to be concerned. Uh-huh. But if I'm watching it on my phone and something's – I've got this down now. If something's – I'm in old down Ridgeland. So if something's going to hit, like, off County Line Road coming in Hines County, then Pammy needs to get in her safe place. <laughs> Man, you, you've got this down to the street. I do. I, yes, I follow all that. So now I can follow it. But it used to be, you know, I'd have to turn the TV way up when I was in my safe place. So Folks, I could just kind of hear <laughs> – have a radio around. Uh, I'm going to throw that in as the first thing oh, we talk radio. about. Yeah, yeah. Right. No. yeah, or an MPB radio. And you know, I, and, and let's don't take this storm lightly. No. And, and and I am guilty. I'm telling you right now. I'm I'm the worst person to talk to about prepping for a storm because my attitude is always, well, it ain't coming near me. Right, right. And that, and and truly, I'd hate to even say that because that is not the right attitude. Right, right. Pam's attitude is the right one. Mine is wrong. Right. The one that says, oh, it won't hit me. Right, right. right. Yeah, I'm not worried about the storm. Right. Well, I prep by getting, I want to know what, do you have the list of what's supposed to go in our emergency kit? I do, I do. I would love to hear that because, and let me add before you even say that, does it put on their dog leashes? Uh, no. Because that's the one thing I will do anytime I know there's bad weather coming. Mm -hmm. Now, my cats are just going to have to fend for themselves. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They'll be fine. I'm not putting a cat cat on a leash. I saw it it flying over 55. That's a a whole other emergency. You put a cat on a leash, (laughs) it's going to be bad. 
But no, I get my dog leashes ready so that whenever the siren goes off and I check that map. Right. And if it's coming towards me, I'm leashing the dogs up and taking them with me to the safe place. Well, here's here's the very few things that they mention that you just absolutely need. And these, you know, you might want to get these. Uh, it is a day in Mississippi, so, you know, it can happen. And they're predicting it. Large storage container. The saying, getting one storage container to keep all of this stuff in. And then you'll use the storage container for other things later. You know, I remember uh, hmm. uh, my father had all of this stuff in a uh, or had all the little stuff in a five gallon bucket uh, because you can use the bucket later for different stuff if you're in a storm situation. So, oh, OK, lo- uh, I, I see what you're saying. Now. Right. Um, a large storage container to keep all the supplies in the kit. Also, you need uh, water. You need at least a gallon daily for a person for three to seven days. So uh, I guess uh, put some gallons of water and, you know, put them in a safe place somewhere where you're in a basement or whatever, wherever your room is, your safe room. Was I the only person that did that whenever we were going to 2000? <laughs> you remember where everybody was panicking? Oh, Y2K? Yeah. And, yes, and my roommate had like 20 gallons of water <laughs> in the water kitchen. Water was going to cut off bank accounts for going yeah, no cash, no think. nothing. That's what that I made me think I wasn't worried about of. that. The planes are going to fall All from the, the sky. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay, anyway, so I need to, a, gallon, a couple of gallons of water. A couple of gallons of water. You need some food, too, at least enough for three to seven days. Uh, including non-perishable packaged or canned foods. You know, one of the funniest things in the world is a stat I read years ago about the, like, number one food bought for hurricane prep was strawberry Pop-Tarts. For real? It, yeah, yeah. It's prepackaged food. It was, like, the first thing people grabbed. I don't know what it is. Strawberry you know. Pop-Tarts. Yeah, yeah. It probably lasts forever. Yeah. It, well, you're probably right. It may have something to do with it. Uh, first aid kit, of course, medicines, prescriptions, that kind of thing. A flashlight, and you may think, oh, I've got one on my phone. Uh, mm. You might want another one. Not if you can't charge it. <laughs> and, and, and do remember that. Here, here's another thing. It says batteries. And remember that for your phone, if, if like, you have a battery, you can have a pre-charged battery and keep that pre-charged battery in a safe place uh, around nothing else. And And... You can save that, and you'll have that battery for ready for when it's time to charge. So, like, if you've got a cell phone and you keep a separate battery for mobile charging and things like that. I want to buy um, – Jeff, I want to buy a truck that I can charge my everything in. Yeah. You well, know, they're coming – have you looked at Ford, those yet? Ford has a truck. The Lightning. Um, yeah, the Lightning. Well, mm-hmm. they have another one. It's um, in fact, my buddy. He's texting me right now. He just bought one, but you can actually power your home with it. Yeah. But it's not the lightning. It's 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 half motor, half electric yeah. inverter. Yeah. Inverter. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. He may if he's listening, he'll text me. But now they're coming out with these things, and I'm I'm really very interested. Yeah. Now I just bought a new Ford truck, um, and it's got a generator. It's it's got it's got yeah. a. Two thousand watt generator built in it, so I can right just when plug I, in when, when I need to run my power tools like mm-hmm. I always do. Mm-hmm. Um, I use it right. You can plug That's, it in. Yeah, that same thing is the thing I told you about when we uh, had a problem finding generators uh, about a year ago. If you remember, Pam, I mentioned an inverter. Yeah, to put in your. That's the exact same thing. It's so that you can hook this little machine up to your car. 
and you can plug even big stuff into it. Yep. Um, so I that, think I've got that in my Toyota in the back. There's a little thing that you push down, and there's a plug back there. That Maybe. may be a small inverter, yes. Just a small, but I could charge my phone. Yes, yes, yeah. you can. Sure. Um, all right, so I've got to tell you guys why we why why we got so scared this weekend. I'm going to tell you why people called Jeff in a huff and, and screaming. This was... <laughs> It's my worst nightmare. I so, haven't called you in a huff and scream. Have you done right. that to him, Jeff? No, um, no, no. Well, yeah, I had a call Friday. <laughs> right, and huffing and screaming. Yeah, yeah, a guy was huffing and screaming because his house was on fire. Right. No, but I mean, Jason didn't call you huffing and screaming. Not well, yet. Not, not yet, but I think it's coming. It's Give coming. It well, okay, so I have this little room outside. Okay, it's where I keep all my tools. All right. Okay. And, and I... Uh, my wife and I went shopping on Saturday, and um, my daughter calls, and she says, Daddy, the house almost burnt down. And I'm oh, like, boy. what? And she uh, she told me how she went out, and she was in her bed taking a nap and smelled smoke Whoa! in the house. Went out, couldn't find anything going on in the house. Went outside and found that there was a little fire going on in that room. In your tool room. In my tool room. Guess what was in there? Okay, wait a minute. Uh, let's let's guess. The, uh, something was plugged in that was burning up. Of some battery, uh, yeah. A battery uh, was yeah. burning up. Uh-uh. What's the most? Re- what's the biggest reason for something to burn? Uh, rags, fuel, fuel. Mm-hmm. heater. Oh, I a left heater. a heater plugged in. Oh boy. Oh, no. I left a heater plugged in. Well, there were some – it's just like every nightmare you hear. There were some rags near that. Sure. There was some stuff near mm-hmm. that. There's a, yeah. This mm-hmm. whole thing got – well, anyway, my daughter finds the fire in this room, grabs – goes inside, grabs the fireplace tongs that we use to move logs around, you know? Right. And starts grabbing stuff and throwing it out of the room. Wow. And, yeah, and puts the whole thing out. You know, it just, it just shocking. Yes. Wow. Had she not wake, woken up, had she not, you know, oh, unbelievable. No. Anyway, That's how they start. To death. They storage rooms and garage. Yep. Yeah. So, and um, and now I'm separating my tools from my chemicals. I am now doing that because yeah, there were some chemicals a in there. Smoke detector in that room too. Well, I'm not going to have a heater in there anymore for one thing. Yeah. So it's yeah. Uh, getting rid of that. Do they require smoke detectors in garages, Jeff? That's a good question. I, no. I don't think that no. they do, and it would be an awesome place to go. It, it, it would be a great place for one, and I'll tell you another. And a carbon monoxide poison. I, I'll yeah. tell you another excellent place for a smoke detector, and we're not doing it. It's not code. Um, we need smoke detectors in the attic. Exactly. I agree. 100%. Oh, interesting. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to tell a quick story. There was a house fire in Castlewoods. Um, couple cooking breakfast. Um, mm-hmm. Their elderly mother was living with them um, and um, didn't know their house was on fire. And it was on fire to a point that the neighbor came over and we're going to call him Charlie. Charlie, man, flames are coming out of the roof of your house. Wow. They walk outside, flames are boiling. Elderly mother. In the excuse me, elderly mother in in the in the next room, never knew there was a fire inside that house. Wow! And uh, uh, a large fire by the time fire department got wow. there. Wow! 
That's unbelievable. Yeah, so well, putting those up there, and you could hardwire that into the other system so that everything goes off. Sure. Whenever, because if you just put an independent alarm up there, you may not hear you it. You may not. That's right. Yeah, and if it's battery operated, right, right. you ain't gonna. Rem- you don't remember to change the ones in your house. The one you're looking at all day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what, folks? It's time for us to take our first break for the hour. We do have some uh, email questions that are just. From last week, they're just dying to get to on the air. So let's uh, let's do that. It's time for us to take our first break. We're looking to talk about your home improvement projects and how to navigate bad weather situations around the house. Stay tuned to join today's show. You can call us at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be back. Hi, I'm Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advisory and co-host of Money Talks. Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pipus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl and Licensed Contractor Jeff Simmons from Houseworks. You can join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464 or send an email to fixit101 mpbonline.org. Okay, I've got an email that just really plays in today's theme uh, even though it was sent many days ago, please discuss gutters. My favorite. Here's my favorite question ever. When should I have gutters? And I was thinking today is a good. Today would yeah, be yeah. would be a good day. Anyway, when is it okay to not have gutters? Are the Leaf Guard products any good? How far away from the house should gutters empty if you have them? So a whole lot of questions about gutters here. So, question one: When should I have gutters? Is there a rule for gutters? Um. Yes. Um, if we almost need to answer the second question first, but but we won't. Um, gutters need to be put on the house when the house is brand new. Now, let's think what gutter does. Gutter carries the water away from the house. Right. And, and our rule is 10 feet out from the house have six inches of slope. Right. Okay. So knowing those two rules, so gutters immediately. Secondly... Uh, what's the second question? Are leaf guard products any good? Most of them are good for leaves. Most of them are not good for pine straw. Pine straw. Pine, pine straw. Pine beat, straw. Beat beat those things every yeah. single yeah. time. Pine, pine straw. A, a pine needle is virtually almost impossible to keep out of and your gutter. asphalt. <laughs> so you could get an asphalt yeah. buildup and not know that right. it's there right. if the guard is on. When they mean asphalt, it, it, when they say asphalt, folks, the asphalt is is that little black grit stuff that rolls off the top of your roof. Yeah, you're losing asphalt all the time. Right. Sure. Um, but it, and especially in a storm, uh, it'll and, get it off of there. And, well, and the I one, guess it's the third question. Um, how far uh, away? No. Okay. So, how about uh, when is it okay to not have gutters? Okay. If you live 
in the middle of a pine forest mm-hmm. and you have good positive drainage around your house Mm -hmm. that might be the one and only time i would recommend not to have gutters really yeah because that is going to do more damage than good unless you're going to keep them cleaned out right a gutter does a great job if it's clean if it's clean and doing (laughs) its job a gutter does a great job of rotting your house Mm -hmm. if it's not doing its Mm -hmm. job Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Never thought of it that way. Well, it'll back up, and, you know, for a while, and some homes are still doing this. They're they're putting on that vinyl soffit. Yeah. So it doesn't rot. But what'll so happen, you so you don't see it, but that gutter, well, if it gets clogged, it'll get backed up, and now it's going to bypass that soffit because it's not wood, uh-huh. and it won't sit there and go down your wall. Oh, fabulous. Right. <laughs> and then... The the ninety percent of the gutters installed are installed wrong, in my opinion. I'm going to agree with that. They want to take the one by two off and, and uh, put it right on the fascia board. Leave the one by two on, people. I cannot wait attach. for that <laughs> WWE Fix It 101 edition between Pam, Jeff, and Timmy. I know because I disagree. Great. <laughs> attach your gutter to the one by two. So folks. Unless uh, you live in Mississippi and you're going to get a gully washer and that gutter's going to just, it's just going to, because it's going to sag. I am not letting you guys <laughs> no, go there. Not. I am not. <laughs> Number to call is 877-MPB-RING. I will, I tell you what, I'll agree with Jeff as long as I got enough fall on the gutter. Okay. Because what people are doing is they're putting that gutter exactly horizontal. Now where's the water going to go? I'm calling all gutter installers to call in and <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong or right. Okay. What is it? You know, you I think it's potato, potato, really. <laughs> so uh, another, oh, oh, got a new washer and dryer over the weekend. Oh, that's what you went shopping for while your house was burning down? No, no, no. <laughs> this was a different part. Yeah, no, I installed the washer and the house blew up. No. Right. Um, I did find it interesting in buying this washer. First of all, washers are much better now than they used to be. Oh, gosh, yeah. And this one that I bought even has a venting system, so you don't have to leave the door open to keep it from getting crummy Will inside. it dry your clothes, too? No, we opted not to get that model. Not get that feature? It's, well, and it's just, it's it's. I'll be honest, every time. This I learned a long time ago from using stereo equipment. The more things you put into one box, the more likely it is that something in there will break. Well, and then you just toss the whole thing. Yeah. So anyway, I uh, got a new washer and dryer. But it is completely different, the features that you can have now compared to an old school washer but the thing i wanted to mention to people and this was funny to me and this is like a tidbit okay of of uh, a tip i went to go buy this at one of the big box stores uh i knew what i wanted to get after listening to my own show several times and listening to things that, that timmy said that that you know what i need to look for and especially even brands and i was very picky about my brand um, well, we got it, and the lady at the store said, uh, do you want the power cord for the back of the dryer? Oh, yeah. And I said, eh, I don't know. She said, well, I'll just, I'll just put that on there, and, and you can bring it back if you don't need it. And I thought, I think I installed that. It, I think it's fine. I, you know, I think I installed that myself. I don't think I need a power cord. So finally I said, okay, no power cord. So when so when the guys showed up to install the washer and dryer, they said, "Okay, where would you like us to leave it?" And I was like, 
where the old ones uh, were. Uh-huh. Exactly. And yeah. they were like, no, you no. didn't buy the cord, so we're not going to install it. What? Right. Yeah. So I was oh, like, yeah. Good to know. oh, yeah. So so I, I I went ahead and told him to leave it right in the middle of the floor, and I went and uh, installed it myself. But but I didn't realize that that cord, no matter the cost, mm-hmm. was actually the cost for install insulation. Oh yeah. Well, when I wow. had my washing machine, um, I bought the hoses. This is so funny to me. I bought the hoses because mm-hmm. they told me I needed to buy the hoses. Right. So when the guys come in, they put the washing machine in place, but the hoses are probably about two inches too short. Yeah, the ones you bought. No, Yes. Okay. So they installed them with that, and those things were tighter. Than, uh, I mean, it was – and I was like, yeah, the next time – when it goes into that spin cycle right. – I, I just had this vision of this Pulling rainstorm, the yeah. but they would not use the hoses I had. So after they left, I had to change out the hose wow. and use my old one. Now, this this brings up a excellent point. You know, some people are listening and saying, well, I'm going to install my own stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. That's fine and dandy. Mm-hmm. But if you will let the person that brought the appliances to you, sold those appliances to you, mm-hmm. hook those appliances up. And let's just say you have a water leak, mm-hmm. right? Um, even though you're still going to call your insurance company, your insurance company is going to subrogate the company that installed that it. Installed it. Interesting. We have had several claims where someone has installed the refrigerator, hooked up the water line, used a wrong water line right. either to a refrigerator or a washer, and it leaked and flooded the house, and, and now you've got a you know hundred thousand dollar insurance claim, right? Wow. So it's, I didn't think about it, that. It, it, it doesn't hurt to pay that little extra 25 or 30 or 50 bucks. Let the professional hook it up. That's they, a good point. I didn't think about that. They do it every day, and then they assume some of that liability. Right. Right. So. Okay. All right. Well, lesson learned. A number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Okay, I've got a roof question here. Another good question for this day that is coming to us. I have a five-year-old metal roof uh, that is leaking in two spots. One is on a flat roof that was added uh, on the house before I purchased it. The other leak is a spot on the original roof. The house was built in 57 and is on a traditional foundation. The flat roof is in real seri- is a real serious problem when it rains like it did a while back. Should I have it sealed or hire someone to slope it in some kind of way? Or what solution do you all recommend? It's it, I guess where the two roofs are joining is where he's getting an issue. Yeah, it's probably a flashing. It sounds like it. Sounds it. like flashing. Yeah, I would get somebody who works on metal roofs yeah. to come over and take a look and tell you. It's hard to answer that question. It's so hard because the terms we use, right, and the terms yeah. they use, it's it's almost like a foreign language. And we're sitting there looking at the same thing, and I said, "Oh, you mean that piece of flashing?" Right. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So, call call a good, qualified, licensed handyman. Let them come look at it, and if they if they can't fix it, get get a ask for their recommendation because those guys are going to know a specialty. A handyman is kind of like your general practitioner mm-hmm, doctor. Mm-hmm. They can probably do it and if they can't, they know someone. They know the the floor guy. They know the flashing guy. They know the stucco right. guy. 
Another well, thing you could do is is get an inspector over there to take a look at it as there well. You, go. you know, those uh, those of us uh, inspectors who have thermal imaging could actually pinpoint exactly where that's coming from. Oh. If I can get to a house within forty eight hours of a rain and use my thermal camera, I can uh, most of the time track to where that water is coming in and identify that point. And then we could give you some information. And let me mention this because I was thinking about when you said metal roofing. Uh huh. One of the things that I've learned how to do is if I have a particular issue with a particular component, I'll call the supplier. So there are a lot of folks um, around our area who actually supply metal roofing. So I'll call that I'll call that supplier and say, who would you recommend I get to take a look at this? Because they know who the people are who are buying the metal roofing and installing the metal roofing. True. So they may have some names that you might not be able to find anywhere else. That's a great idea. Also, you know, whenever whenever there is a flat roof anywhere, uh, that's a whole different roofing structure than a pitched roof. Yeah, uh, I don't think you can have metal on a flat roof. No, no, no. I think uh, your no, pitch is got to, you can't, if it's flat, flat, mm-hmm. like flat, flat. Yeah. It, well, three, three and one, uh, is it three, is it um, a, um, 12 and three or 12 and four? I mean, a four and 12 or a three and 12 is your lowest pitch for shingles. We don't know what you're talking about. It's it's your angle of pitch. It's your angle of oh, okay. every, pitch. Every, it's a three twelve. Yeah. You can't go. Okay, true. Okay, so, so three and 12, and there you need metal. Um, below that, you need uh, EPDM or like a rolled roof, yeah, Thank some you. kind of flat roofing material. Yeah. It's like uh, if you've seen it, maybe it's like a flat rubbery white substance, usually or the, black sometimes. The, right? I mean, you it's, know. Uh, we we call it Goodyear rubber. Oh, okay, yeah. Slang. And they put it down with a uh, torch and and, right. yeah. and and just make sure it's sealed right. And the reason you don't want a shingle on anything lower than a 312 is that the wind will catch that and literally rip those shingles right off. Oh. Well, and two, the water will not leave it fast enough, so mm-hmm. it curls back, runs mm-hmm. runs under the shingle. Now the shingle is not doing its job because you've asked the shingle to perform a job that specifications say it won't work. Right. Yeah. So. And, you know, I've got an interesting situation. This consulting job I'm doing over in Bellhaven, we had to go before the architectural review board or whatever because mm-hmm. yep. we want to add, a, we wanna add yep. a porch on the front. Yep. And they're telling us we have to use shingles and the pitch is lower than 312. <laughs> I'm well, like, okay. All right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the number to call today, folks, is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Um, of course, you can send us an email, and we'll get to that. Fixit101 at mpbonline.org. And uh, you know what? We're going to answer more of your questions when we come back. Also, we look at the most important aspects of hiring a contractor after the storm. This is going to be big. Stay tuned. If you want to join today's show, give us a call at 877 877- MPB ring. That's 877-672-7464 or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. 
You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHI certified inspector at Inspector Like a, Expect It Like a Girl, and <laughs> the licensed contractor Jeff Sammons. Right. <laughs> licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. And if you missed any of today's program, you can always listen back by podcast using any podcast app or our MPB public media app. So uh, we've got John on the line in Hattiesburg. He's got uh, what's going on, John? What do you what do you have going on? Uh, I got a spot. I built a, had a pergola built next to my house, and it's about maybe fourteen by fourteen. And I want to uh, uh, do something with that spot. I want to get rid of that grass, but I don't want to pour cement there. And I was trying to get some ideas. How to, how to get rid of the grass? Well. Not, well, get rid of the grass, and, and what can I, what can I put in that spot other than cement? You know, oh. I've used slag around my house. Yeah. It's a it's a steel like byproduct, yep. and it will. Um, the thing about slag is that's different than gravel is that it will compact. And it will, I've seen people, um, I've seen, I, that's how I did it. The reason I came up with it at my house, you can you can get slag. It's pretty cheap. I don't, I don't know. Do you know how much it is now, Jeff? No, I, I like crushed concrete and then on top of that, a limestone dressing. Okay. To go on top of that. Will that wash? No, no, it's beautiful. Okay. It, it, it compacts, it locks in together. The problem with, with pea gravel, it's round and it won't lock. It won't lock. So you want something with jagged edges, both slag and limestone and crushed concrete, all three have jagged edges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if you're going to walk on it. Pea gravel is quicksand. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I, I don't like pea I don't even know. the the. I guess the only use for pea gravel is concrete, I guess. I, I, I don't. I don't really know what that aggregate is really designed for, but but again, I like the I like the crushed concrete. It's cheap, and the uh, limestone dressing. Yeah, something that's going to compact in. You could also put pavers there if you want. You wanted could put to. pavers. Sure. Yeah. What were you going to say, John? That that sounds like a good idea. I think my wife will like that. That crushed cement. That sounds better. Okay. Yeah. Good deal. If Mama's we're, happy, we're all happy. That's right. <laughs> oh yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Thank Thanks, you. Sean. Yeah, and you can buy it in bulk. Yeah. So. Yeah, the biggest problem with that stuff is that you better have a truck that can handle it. <laughs> right. Or, you know, you, heavy. You can have it delivered. So. Yeah, but then you got to get it from where they delivered it to where you want it. <laughs> yeah. Says the sixty-year-old lady. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we just had an uh, a email come across, uh, and it kind of goes with what ha- is predicted to happen today. Uh, before you call your insurance company, who should you call for help if a tree falls on your house due to a storm? Mm, before wow. you call your insurance company. I wonder who, wait, who whose tree is it? <laughs> it doesn't matter whose yeah. tree it is. When it hits your house, it's your tree. Right. Who do you call um, first? That's a great question. Yeah, it is. Now, if you read your insurance policy, you are responsible for, um, oh, I'm missing the terminology, but we're going to dumb it down for me. Uh, you're responsible to protect your asset. Right. Now, by no means did the insurance company ask you to get on your roof and put a tarp on. Right. But they did ask you to call somebody to protect your asset. So, so maybe... 
call a call a handyman, call um, uh, any um, yeah, Paul. Any, any, yeah, Paul. I don't know right. that I want Paul Paul on my Not when it's raining. <laughs> any water, fire, storm restoration company has a tarping crew. Um, okay, so my, and there's, there's a possibility they're going to call you. <laughs> my my company has a tarping crew, um, um, and and I'm sure today we're out buying tarps so right. that we will be prepared. Um, but wow. but yes, absolutely, tarp tree and everything. Don't. Don't don't worry about oh I've got to remove the tree first. No, your only responsibility make that phone call, get that tarping crew out there, and get your asset uh, as watertight as possible. Right. I'm so thinking which, that I would I would probably call the one eight hundred number of my insurance company. They they first can they can recommend as well. They've probably got a list of people, and then they do. if they'll share that with you, or they could call them. You know, but I, that's going to be my first call. It's always been a really big question: Who do you call first? Yeah. And uh, I, I think the Richard default, Swartz, I think no, <laughs> the default has always been insurance. That's always been the thought yeah. as default. But I guess it could be, you know, a contractor to help you. Well, fix it. yeah, absolutely, because ultimately that's who's coming. So right. if you want to bypass that call, mm-hmm. call the contractor. Yeah. So right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, uh, number to call is 877-MPB-RING. It's 877-672-7464. Another question. I have an old home built up on brick pavers. What kind of insulation do you recommend for underneath the floors? I have some fiberglass and some styrofoam panels built between the floor joists, but I'm thinking of adding more insulation. I've heard about the blown-on insulation, but I'm concerned about the possible fumes venting from that. Is that a real problem? Thanks, Milt and Biloxi. Biloxi. You don't need insulation on your house if you live in Biloxi. (laughs) I'd I'd get it all out of there because all that fiberglass is going to do is sag. And then you now you're holding moisture between the insulation and the and the subfloor, so you know. So you're thinking no I mean, insulation. What, what yeah. would be wrong with closed cell? Well, you could do a closed cell, but I would never put closed cell under a bathroom or I, a water okay. a water situation. I live jargon break. Closed cell. Um, the, you have open cell foam and closed cell. Okay, so foam. Yeah, so yes. closed yeah. cell foam. Yes. And what's the difference between open and closed? Water will go through an open cell. Okay. Yeah, there, you should only, I mean, if you, uh, you know, we just go round and round on this, but on open cell, that's the only thing you would ever put in an attic is open. Open, okay. And then under, because if you have a roof leak, you need to know right. it's leaking. If you put a closed cell up there, then you're just going to rot all the decking off your roof whenever, and you'll never know that it's happening until it falls, oh. until the roof just slides off the right. phone. <laughs> Roof's in the front yard. Yeah, that's right. a bad day. On your, on your car. <laughs> You're like, what? why my roof down there? But closed cell in a, in a conventional foundation, which is built up, and I live on a built-up foundation. Right. In, and I'm in central Mississippi, and I'm telling you folks, why would you put insulation under there? I, I just... Would it, would it work better in a, in a, in a atmosphere on the coast without it? Well, you just your our climate is just not that you know going back and forth. Um, but if you do anything, I agree with Jeff. I think you could do a closed cell foam, but don't do closed cell foam underneath a 
bathroom with water or your kitchen because there again if you have a leak and you don't know that you there's a know. leak okay then you're going to rot out that subfloor and then you know one day you're going to be taking a bath in the crawl space right because it'll just your phone won't hold that up so i do not a matter of fact i tell my clients if i go over and it's a conventional foundation and mm. they've put fiberglass foundation fiberglass insulation right. underneath there my very first recommendation is hire somebody and get all that out of there wow i cannot tell you how many times i have seen water issues being held between the insulation and the subfloor and also what will happen is that the handyman will get down there and he's going to put uh, fiberglass insulation with the paper down. Now we're going to hold all the water. Right. Because our dew point's too high. Our dew point's just too high. Now, in the north, you don't have a lot of water in the air. Right. Which is our dew point. Mm-hmm. So you can go in with just regular fiberglass insulation and tuck it right up underneath there up against the floor. Right. Well, if I'm living in Chicago, yeah, I want some insulation underneath my house. Right. But if I'm in Biloxi, why? Right. Yeah, You're not doing anything because that fiberglass insulation is sagging. I'm going to tell you right now, there's an air gap between that insulation and that subfloor. Huh. And, you know, and you know what's hanging out in that air gap? What? Water. Yeah. <laughs> They're having a party. All little Man, water droplets are having a party underneath that house. Well, what, have you guys ever heard of fumes from from that uh, the foam? The maybe during installation. Now, a question I've always had about it is if it catches on fire. I thought it was flame retardant. I don't know. Do you know, Jeff? I don't have any idea. Mm, like no. foam? Yeah, no, yeah, no. We've we've had house fires before. It's it's not flammable. Um, and does it give off a byproduct of? Um, no, okay. no, no. I'm not. I'm not worried about that. Um, you know, I, I'm. I'm going to foam it. Are you going to foam the kitchen? It's okay for me and Pam to disagree on this because, I mean, I've got a boat down there. It it gets cold. Um, So I I think we need it. Now, again, that's two differences of opinion. I'm not saying I'm right and she's wrong. She's right and I'm wrong. I just disagree with that. Okay. All right. well, that's a good answer either way for Milton Biloxi. I'm hoping that you got that. Uh, you So the two possibilities you've heard here is either go with nothing, uh, just go naked, or or do the blown-in closed cell. Well, foam. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. Not, not, not a blown-in, but, but foam. Foam. Uh, foam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like a foam. And my house, I have nothing. Right. Now, <laughs> I mean, underneath now, my do, house. Yeah. yeah, does it affect, does it affect no. you? See, to be quite honest, and I don't know a lot about it, I have never in my entire 60 years lived on a conventional foundation. Yeah. So, really? No, ne- never have. See, and I've been in this house 30 years, and I've probably been in a 1,000 cross-space houses. Pam's advice is is a lot more accurate than mine. Um, All right. Well, there we go. Well, uh, we got popular all of a sudden. Jeff's on the line in Jackson. Uh, he's got a comment about the historic preservation comment. Oh, Jeff, let's hear it. Go easy. Go easy. Well, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I am great. How are y'all? Good. Waiting for you. <laughs> Baby breath. Yeah, what's up, Jeff? Commission. And so 
um, Pam just decided to throw us under the bus a little bit and laugh about our suggestion. So I just wanted to comment and just let you know that there are recommendations by major shingle manufacturers to be able to install uh, shingles on as low as a 2 and 12 slope roof. Oh. You just have to follow their recommendations. Now, right. now Jeff, what, what, what is that recommendation other than ice and water shield? Yeah, it would be an ice and water shield. Um, I won't name a name, but let's No, it's okay. It's okay. You can say yeah. a name. Now, here's, here's the thing that bothers me about that, Jeff. Uh, and, and, again, I'm just asking – um, and I've only done this about 30 years, all the shingle manufacturers that I'm aware of are saying if it's if it's below a 3 and 12, we're not going to provide the warranty. So GAF, will they have a shingle application on low slopes 2 and 12 to 4 and 12, and their recommendation are to put the ice and water shield, the rubber yep. layer, or... Um, let's see, a double layer of roof deck protection is what the technical bulletin I'm reading. Says. Okay, okay, so well, good. Yeah, that's okay. good to know. Project, yeah. But you can load two, put two layers of felt as well, so it doesn't have to be anything. Two layers of 15-pound felt would actually work, too. Really? Okay. Technical bulletin. Okay. Now, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to recommend that. I'm with you on ice and water shield. I don't like to go 2 and 12, but... Um, it is possible, and it is still you still now, can get a warranty. Now, Jeff, what what is your qualifications? I am an architect, and I'm okay. also a there we contractor. go Perfect. architect, architect, yeah. and what else? Now we know, and a licensed contractor. Gotcha. Awesome. Okay. Well, okay. I've learned something today. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, we've worked together on a few projects in the past. You know who I am. Uh, okay. <laughs> if, uh, if you sit and think about it, but, are, you, are you talking uh, to me or Pam? I'm talking to, to you. Um, and then, talking to uh, you. Of course, I know Pam, too. What's your last name? No, we're not going to do that here on the air. <laughs> oh, okay. We're not going to play that game. Okay, Jeff. Well, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, you'll, that's good you'll info. You'll be able to find it. Yeah. Uh, appreciate you. Learning, hey, learning new things. I love our listeners. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, keep on moving. Adam is on the line in uh, near Tupelo. What's going on, Adam? Yeah, I was listening to you guys laugh uh, and stuff. Somebody mentioned Chicago there. Uh, born and raised up in the north, moved to Mississippi about five years ago. Uh, insulation down here is not a real big thing if you're used to the cold. I've had a lot of people say, oh, it get cold down here, too. No, you guys don't have a <laughs> Set them straight, Adam. It ain't cold. Not inside your nose. Right. Well, there's there's a reason my boat's not sitting in Chicago. That's right. It is cold. <laughs> we know that. Adam. You'd so have to dry dock that there. thing too. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. We appreciate it. <laughs> Mm. Number calls eight seven seven MPB ring. Uh, I, I, real quick before we go to Timothy, I have such an interesting question that just it blew me away today. Okay, you ready? Is there such a thing as a growth inhibitor to keep roach eggs from hatching? Man, if, if you come up with that, your first trillion dollars is made. Exactly. I mean, wow. Uh, thanks, guys. Enjoy the show. Byron and Water Valley. Is there such a thing uh, as a growth? In- I guess a growth inhibitor could be a shoe as much as it could be anything. Yeah. Um, You'd have to call. If if I really wanted the answer to that, uh-huh. I'd call the Extension Service at Mississippi State and find out. Oh, that's out. a good question. Because but they, you know, you they oversee think, all the bug co- people in the state. But so. you would okay. think if somebody could do it, they 
would have done it, and we wouldn't be overridden by those. Listen, bugs. I have a list of things. If I could, if I could get them patented, right? Like for instance, <laughs> if I could get or make a. Uh, device that would keep the water moisture in the soil consistent around a house, I'd just retire well, off of those proceeds. You realize what you're saying, right? Like you could make a desert <laughs> work for growing. Well, yes, if you can come up with that, you're right. Or even a monitor. We'll all name so stuff that you after would you. Know, well, you, you could know. do a soaker hose. Right. <laughs> I did that. I put a soaker hose around my house one time. It's anyway. Oh, the tree what's, in the front yard. What she's talking about, expansive clays, if they stay in one constant state, mm-hmm. meaning mm-hmm. wet or dry, mm-hmm. it, they do not expand or contract. So it, so virtually you would, you would have no, no earth movement, which then you would have no foundation issues. Mm-hmm. Ah. So. All right. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Timothy in Louisiana. Off the, the grid. grid. Off the grid. Timothy, wait, what's going on, man? Well, you know, this started with what we're going to have in our in our emergency kit. Right, yes. <laughs> That's where we started. Oh, yeah, that was a long time ago. The rest ago. has been a big old rabbit trail <laughs> since then. So we're going to circle back to that for just a second. Yes, sir. And I, I have a recommendation uh, get yourself a, a lithium virus oxide battery set up and keep it. What does that you mean? What, it, what, what is that? Um, if you go to home, uh, Harbor Freight, they got this thing called a Jackery for like $229. Uh-huh. It's, it, it, you can add another hundred bucks and put a solar panel with it. And it's, you know, got a 110 outlet. It's got, uh, huh. uh, um, USB outlets and um, let's see what else does it have? Uh, oh, and a cigarette lighter outlet, you know. Um, nice. And 300 watts, you know. Okay. Okay. And um, it'll run my computer for three days, you know. Wow, nice. that's that's uh, impressive. I mean, I'm gonna go out and, and do that. That's an awesome idea. And yeah. you know, the, it'll it'll. Cover your ass on many things, you know. Well, it's my thank you, Timothy. <laughs> now you gave me something to edit. <laughs> <laughs> I get edited all the time, Timothy. Right, right. Just yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> all right, thanks, man. Let's keep going real quick to uh, Alan in Starkville. Uh, asbestos siding on a house, boy. A lot of people oh. have got this. What's up, Alan? Well, I've got an employee who's finally ready to buy his first house. <clears throat> He is excited. He found a house that's in his price range. Everything looks great. The house was built in 1950, 2,200 square feet. Uh, it's got all the right boxes checked. Until he got to looking at all the disclosures and found out that the siding contains asbestos. <clears throat> and I told him that's probably why it's been on the market six months has been marked down four times. Probably not. No. <laughs> nah. Asbestos is pretty common in areas. Well, that, ha- half the houses in Bellhaven have it. I mean, mm-hmm. all of, every, you know, everything built back then had asbestos siding. Um, that the house point will being, outlive now, us all. Or now, the siding will. <laughs> yeah. Now, Alan, unless you are going to take it off the house... Um, you really don't have anything Mm-mm. to worry about. Mm-mm. Asbestos is safe as long as you don't grind it, chew on it, nail it, swim in it, do do, do anything to it to release those um, fibers. Uh, those fibers in the, in in the air. 
okay, if he wanted to remove it and replace it with something else, because yep. it's kind of it's kind of mm-hmm. it is. And there have been more than one person that have called this show that have put uh, new siding over the top of that old siding. Yep. Yep. A lot of folks have done that. Mm-hmm. You can do that. It, I wouldn't go to the trouble of taking are, it off. If you're going to remove it, there are several things that you must do. Uh, one major side of it is what are you going to do with it once you remove it? Because mm-hmm. you can't just so, throw in the dump. Well, you you can. You, 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 you get a dumpster, you line the dumpster in plastic, you have to notify the landfill what you're doing, they're going to put a special tag on it, and that's the only thing that you can put inside that container is this asbestos. Then, when it's ready to go to the landfill, you seal it, put the tag on it when it gets to the landfill i'm not sure that, i'm not sure what they do with it but it can be done we've done several removals uh you want to have all your ppe uh-huh. and you also want to wet the uh asbestos down with a water hose as you're as removing you go, it so you don't you know wow, for that me seems i'm like, like a lot that's oh, his first is. home and it's expensive it's expensive and i'd either cover it or paint it yeah, yeah. if you call any place that's if you if you see a place uh wherever uh advertised that that they do siding it's it's a call it's a phone call they'll go over that stuff uh, you can see it all over the place. Some jobs are better than others, especially how they put it in. So do look, you know, get a couple of uh, couple of uh, quotes to do like siding on your house. So I which would one you not, like best? I would not not buy the house because of the siding. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Very common. Well, I just, you know, for years I've heard horror stories about asbestos. It is hazmat suits. Sure, all that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a reason for those hazmat suits. I had a I mean, friend. Look at the. I'm sorry. Well, she she got asbestos poisoning, and those fibers literally worked their way out of her eyeballs. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you have got to protect yourself. Oh, that's a wonderfully happy way to end the show. <laughs> Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show was produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Liz Gill. And for Pam Pibus, Jeff Sammons, I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for our Wednesday 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Jay White. And join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio.